Welcome to the Still Recording Podcast. I'm Tony Hannity's. And I'm Quentin McKinnon. You mentioned last week that you were getting the iPhone X, and during the recording of the podcast, you were actually waiting for the, the delivery to actually happen. Has it happened? Have you gotten it? And should I get one? <laughs> I mean, I could tell you a thousand times to get one. You're not going to do it. You're a diehard Android user, and that's I'm perfectly a di- okay. I'm a- I'm a diehard tech enthusiast, so I'm open. Really? But, uh, yeah, of course I'm open. (laughs) Now, I never said it would be my daily driver. I would just have one. Mm. (laughs) It's two different things. No, I actually had a little bit of a complaint, not necessarily with the phone, which, by the way, yes, obviously it did uh, arrive a few hours later after we recorded, and I've been loving it, and just everything about it is amazing um i thought that the home button would throw me off uh, even just a little and it hasn't whatsoever but my little complaint was about a youtuber and i think you might know them but i think they go by unbox therapy hey uh lewis yeah he had a video that came up that said, don't buy the iPhone X or something like that. Yeah, it's, it, it populated on my feed, so I so I watched it. I haven't seen it yet. You should watch it really quick. Okay, so the, uh, the don't buy the iPhone X, right? Yep. Okay, I'm going to watch it now and we'll be right back. Wait, so Quinn, is his uh, premise basically... Because uh, I, I kind of skipped ahead and, and read his description... So is, is his premise basically if you can't afford or rather don't buy the iPhone 10 because you feel like you have to to get the best experience because there are a lot of other options at half the price? Is that his kind of argument there? It's one of them. And then he goes into he, he kind of like bashes on it for a little bit. He's like the you have to do. Did you see the part where he talked about the face ID? Yeah. Yeah, where he's like, you have to bow to your phone and do this thing and then swipe up and blah, blah, blah. And look, this other phone does it so fast and blah, 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 blah. Okay, so what uh, do you well, first off, do you do you follow Unbox Therapy on on a like when whenever he posts a new video, do you watch it or did this only come across your stream because it had iPhone 10 in the title? I would imagine because it has iPhone 10 in the title. The weird thing is, is I haven't watched any sort of like iPhone-esque videos. Okay. I, I don't know where or how YouTube's algorithm works, but it freaks me out because they're always like, here's things that are relevant. And I'm like, I haven't watched any videos about that subject, but you're not wrong. <laughs> Well, that that in itself is a, a different topic. But go, going back to to Lou with Unbox Therapy, he's he's kind of been under the gun um, of late for being a little bit sympathetic to certain manufacturers of cell phones. Um, so it it is interesting that he would outright say this, and 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 his title isn't necessarily just clickbait. Like, don't buy the iPhone 10 from this person, buy it from this company. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's not exactly like clickbait that is, is hiding a fa- uh, hiding his opinion. He's putting his opinion out there. 
and some some might say that that opinion is is out there also because he wasn't sent a review unit from Apple like a lot of other YouTubers were and at 3 you know over I don't know how many subscribers this guy has he's got 9 million subscribers 9.2 one would think that Apple would give him one but uh yeah I don't know if that has any sway you know, because we're all human. We all like to think that when we do these reviews and we do, do stuff like that, we, we like to think that we're non-part, nonpartisan, that we're impartial, that we're trying to be objective as possible. But that might have something to do with his opinion. But tell me what your issue was with bowing down to the phone to, to get it into the right light and this other phone doesn't have that issue. So my main issue with his review is at one point, he talks about the face recognition, the new technology that Apple's put in their phone where it can, you look at your phone and it unlocks the phone. He starts out with the fact, quote unquote, that you have to bow to your phone. You have to contort yourself in a very specific way. So the phone will look at you at so the phone will look at you at a very specific angle so it can recognize you. And we're going to start there. No, it doesn't. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm watching the video, literally holding my phone, just baffled. I'm just, what? No, it, it works from, like, some ridiculously shallow angles. I have never been walking around or talking to someone or showing someone the phone or checking my email or doing anything that it hasn't worked the very first time. The only time that it hasn't worked is if it's sitting flat on my desk and I am sitting at a 90 degree angle to it far back. And then finally it won't recognize me. But I, I lean forward even just a tiny, tiny bit. It just instantly picks me up. And he's talking about how you have to contort yourself and look look down on it, look this weird way so it'll re recognize you each time and how it won't recognize you when you're laying down. And that when I first heard him say that, I'm like, did you use the phone more than five minutes? Because if you did, you'd know that's not true. Like... It, it I I didn't even have to like train it. I didn't even feel like I had to like reset it up over and over again to let it get it used to my face. It was just instant. Then he goes on uh, to say that like it's slow. It's slow to recognize your face and then you have to swipe up on the screen. So you have two actions. You have to contort yourself to look at the screen and then swipe up on the screen and then finally you're in the phone. And then he's showing off all these other phones um, where you can like, it was, he's talking about like milliseconds. He's talking about these tiny, tiny time frames and talking about, Oh, look at this one. If, if you touch your finger to it, bam, it's instantly open. It instantly opens everything or bam. It can instantly unlock everything because it can uh, recognize your eyeballs. And I, I looked into, I looked into that technology for one, the eye, tracking technology on the phone he's talking about doesn't give you full access to the phone it gives you access to like some basic features but it doesn't replace the fingerprint scanner 
And then when he's talking about how you have to do these two actions, it's it's one action. You take out your phone and you swipe up to unlock it. By the time you've taken out your phone and you've completed your swipe up action, it's already recognized your face and you're already in. And I know this may sound like a little like me just advocating for Apple, but this is my personal experience. This is my wife's experience. This is my cousin's experience. This is the norm. And so when I'm watching, I'm like, when you do these reviews, does he even take the time to actually like get used to the device and make it his daily driver, at least for a little bit to actually be able to speak to it? Because so far, I want to say the answer is no. Okay. Um, I can't speak to his work ethic off camera. I can tell you watching his reviews for the past few years that he has informed me about a fair number of products that I might have not even considered or products that I would have considered up uh, at first, but then after his review um, made me, you know, guess uh, or rather second guess about buying it. And thusly it, it, it gave me an opportunity to do further research into the actual product and realize that, yeah, he was right about this thing or that and the other. You have to understand also that Lou is, I I would say he's primarily an Android guy. So he's kind of like me. He's like me in the sense that he is a tech enthusiast. He, he's a tech enthusiast. He's a tech lover. Um, doesn't necessarily care about who's behind the tech. If it's good, he will say if it's good. If it's bad, he will say it's bad. So when you're basing your years of daily experience on maybe one or two actions to unlock your phone, for example, and then this brand new $1,000 phone comes out that that you know shakes the world with its amazing you know uh the screen to edge ratio and amazing camera and this uh this on the topic that we're on the facial recognition that you still have to swipe up with that extra action I'll admit Quentin that bothered me too even before seeing this video um cuz I I was in uh, the Apple store and they said I I could you know I could map my face to just to test it out. And I did. And, you know, granted, yes, I am the guy that only did it for like, like five minutes. And for the five, seven minutes that I was messing around with the phone, it did kind of annoy me that I didn't have the opportunity to just look at the screen and it just unlocks similar to that of windows. Hello. You just look at your screen and it unlocks the computer, whichever kind of computer it would be. So I got used to that kind of action. And I think you and I have touched on this before. It's just something you get used to. You get used to a a functionality that an operating system gives you. And when you go to a different operating system that has a lot of great uh, benefits to it, but that one functionality that you're going to be using every other five minutes because we're on our phone every other five minutes to take that one extra action. Yes. It's not going to take out too many seconds out of my day, 
but at least for the first, I would say, you know, uh, week or so that, that, that's going to be something that is on your mind. Could he get used to that? And could that sway his argument later on? Yeah. And that's why when I do phone reviews, and again, I can only speak to how I do reviews. I don't do it a week after using the phone. I usually do my reviews two, three weeks after because the phone has been broken in, right? Mm-hmm. And the memory has been used up by photos and stuff. So it, I, I have more than just your average wear and tear, you know, ripping it out of the box. I can't really say, I, I think he mentioned that he had it for a week. And uh, during that week, the, um, the facial recognition thing, it, it bothered him. I don't know why he would have to contort himself in a certain way. But I, I mean, after talking to you about, about this, and I don't mean to put the spotlight back on you, but I've never really known you to get fired up about a YouTube video. Like I know we, we, you and I have talked about other topics that YouTube videos have brought up before you know the whole issue with loot boxes and whatnot uh and whatever but you're talking about one specific video not not an overarching thread that's happening on reddit or or twitter this is just one guy and he bothered you and i don't want to get personal too personal but do you know why i i think it's just because i'm (laughs) <laughs> maybe I'm getting sick of all the the haterade when pe- that people have the the biases that you can start seeing uh, when you know like maybe a product or know a company or know someone you you start seeing these biases and just like I think what really like irked me honestly was his video just starts out with the title of "Don't buy the iPhone X." the iPhone 10. And I think that's what irked me is I hate seeing those kind of videos. Don't buy the Xbox one. Don't buy the PS4. Don't buy the iPhone. Okay. Well, we're already starting out with like a huge bias in my opinion. Like, I don't care how good or bad the product is. Like, you should tell me about it and then in the synopsis tell me and this is why we recommend you should or should not that starts breeding that attitude where i start hearing people oh i heard i shouldn't pick up this product well where did you hear it well i saw somebody say it is that it yeah did you watch the video no i just saw the title okay to to that point it is complete clickbait and uh, clickbait is actually the wrong terminology because that assumes that you're actually clicking on it to to, to look at the actual article. Um, these are more like visual bait, right? You're not actually reading the article or, or looking at the video or listening to the podcast. You're just taking it for face value. This guy, this random guy that you, you, you've come across has 9.2 million subscribers and he says, don't buy the iPhone X. I'm not going to buy the iPhone X on to the next cat video. I, I, I can understand why you would go that route. The other argument that I would say is that he is not necessarily um, going after Apple specifically because just by looking at like his 
previous videos. He even has a video that says, don't buy the Note 8. I would, I would love to have the Note 8. I know the reasons why not to buy the Note 8. And a lot of those reasons are very much similar to that of the iPhone 10. It's expensive. And, you know, with the Note 8, you get a stylus. But how many of you are actually going to use a stylus? So it's, it's one of those things that a lot of his reasonings is, um, comes down to good phones are getting cheap and cheap phones are getting good. That's a... It's a phrase that MKBHD uses a lot to really promote the idea that kind of unknown, you know, uh, not unknown, but these smaller companies are coming out with some pretty decent phones that you don't have to spend $1,000 for. And while I, I agree with you that some of his arguments against getting the iPhone X might be more of a personal issue... And might be more of a subjective matter versus an objective matter. This is his platform. Right? So, uh, I was looking through the comments of that particular video that you had an issue with. And it is filled with just Android sheep. Just everyone saying, yeah, you're right, of course, why would you? I got this phone, Android phone, for half the price and it's it's so good, this, that, the other thing. I, I was I was honestly looking for a, another iPhone 10 user that said no you're wrong because my experience was this maybe something similar to yours mm-hmm. and the only one that I could find was I have the iPhone 10 and I love it and that was it and then I looked at the uh, comments on the Galaxy Note 8 video and very similar. Like, yeah, I I have a phone that doesn't have a stylus and has a just as good as a camera. You know, blah 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 blah. So I think that kind of that kind of harkens back to our previous conversation where Android people seem to be a little louder than Apple people. Well, I disagree with that. I I I I think that each of our respective crowds are as loud as we want them to be based on who we follow, right? So there's a couple of iOS YouTubers that I follow. They're they're YouTubers, and then there's also iOS um, tech reviewers or Apple tech reviewers that I follow. And in those comments, they're just, you know, crapping on Android. Like Android can't do this. Android thinks they can do this, but we do it better. Or Android wants to, you know, take over the market share and they have, but they don't have the kind of financial power that Apple does. And Apple is going to do this, that, and they're going to be so much bigger and better than Android can ever wish to be. So there, there's both sides to this, to this where neither of us are right. Right. (laughs) Cause it's first off, it's a, it's a dumb argument. Like, neither group is right. If it works for you, it works for you. That should be the end of the story. But we're all humans, and as, as humans, we're competitive in nature. And I, I, I really think that's that's kind of where it stems. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying, you know, which one is better. You know, it's to each his own, 100%. I think it's just mainly, like, a, I think the video was just a fresh reminder of, like, this this, like, Android versus Apple battle is still going on, is still quite heated. 
and there's mm-hmm. still a lot of biases and it just i don't know it just it just bugged me cuz i'm like i was watching the video on my iPhone 10 and i'm just just sitting there like no 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 and i think that the thing that like bugged me is he he misinforms during the video that whole thing about like oh you can unlock the this phone and it's so much faster but it doesn't actually give you access to the device and like i don't know I, you could say like it's part of his process and that's how that's like his platform to stand on his thing to do and it's just i don't know when i when i think of like a review like if if i had a bad experience on something if i if you gave me let's let's take this as an example if you gave me an android phone i'm not going to even go into whichever one but you gave me an android phone you said try it for x amount of time and i tried it and i was having trouble with something i wouldn't say i'm having a bad experience i would say hey tony i'm having this issue is am i doing this right is is there a better way of of, uh doing this so like how you said how you wanted the phone to unlock immediately uh when you looked at it there's a reason why it doesn't is on the lock screen all it will say is like let's say you have uh some notifications from group me and snapchat and facebook um well all it's going to say is group me notification snapchat notification facebook notification but the moment you look at it all of those notifications get expanded and turn into exactly what they are snapchat from your wife facebook from a comment you know on and on and on it'll actually give you detailed information about those notifications without actually unlocking and going to the home screen which is super beneficial when you know how to use it because now you can glance at your phone see all your notifications see what's going on see if you you know your wife's texted you what she said everything all in one place without unlocking your phone going to the home screen and going into each one of those individually or going to the home screen and then having to swipe and pull up the notification center interesting so the difference on a pixel for example is that it on the lock screen it will also show you notifications but it will actually give you a preview of what those notifications are before you unlock the phone and thus if you want to go to a group me message or a facebook message you double tap on the notification itself it will then prompt you to unlock it then you unlock it and it will immediately go to the respective application. It's very similar. It's just kind of flip-flopped. And Apple would probably argue that their way is better because it's a little bit more private, that if someone just picks up your phone, they don't they see there's a notification from GroupMe or Facebook, but they don't know what it is. Whereas on Android, they will know what it is because it tells you right there front and center before you even open the phone, at least the like maybe five words of, of the preview of whatever that is so and and to your point you can also when like when i'm looking at the phone and i see what these notifications are i can tap on them and go to them so it acts very nicely as a springboard of choosing where to go um quickly right so what i will say to that is if you wanted to you can go into the privacy settings of notifications and specify that previews do not populate. Yeah. So you could have an Apple-esque, 
at least on on the Pixel, you could have an Apple-esque experience where you only see the type of notification, but not exactly what it is until you unlock it. I mean, I, what it's coming down to, because we can get into the nitty-gritty between what iOS does and what Android does, and it doesn't really matter. It goes back to what you said. What works for you is what works for you and what works for me, and that's great for, for, for all of us. Um, it comes down to workflow and what, what we get used to. And I agree with you when there is uh, someone of note, someone that has some sort of, I would say, um, influential power like Lou does. And he says, you know, I have to look at the phone this certain way and it um, and that's the only way that it unlocks to you. That's wrong to 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 your personal daily experience. You've never had to contort your head in such a way and to you that seems like it's it's a complete like an utter lie or if it, it's a uh, a means of miscommunication to better serve potentially his other sponsors you know that that might even be another kind of ploy that he has again i'm not saying he does i'm saying that could be something because it is definitely something that comes up when it's like sponsored posts versus not sponsored posts and things like that but um for the most part, when it comes to reviewing things, and I and I and I say this as a reviewer, there are definitely times where I think I'm doing something correctly and it's not coming up. And if it's not doing what I expect it to do, I will then go to Google or Bing, <laughs> whatever, and I'll type in how to blah 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 on this phone. And generally, like Reddit forms will come up or forms uh, within the actual manufacturer from like LG or Samsung, they'll come up and I'll see, oh, okay, there are a few amount of other people that are having this similar problem. Let's see if there's a solution. If there's not a solution, then I will contact the PR agency that sent me the device and say, and tell them directly, you've got a problem. There's a lot of us that want to do this functionality and we cannot. Whether they fix that functionality or not, my usual verbiage is something along the lines of, I know we were expecting to be able to do this when we got the phone because they said that the phone would have that functionality when it was announced two months ago. And I tried it. I contacted people to try and fix it. And I still haven't done it. If you know how to do this, or if I'm a complete nut and I should be able to do this, let me know in the comments below. So I, I at least for me, I put the onus on myself and I also basically tell my audience, like, look, I'm human. I'm not perfect. I've done everything that everyone else has tried, but maybe one of you guys are smarter than all of us and you know how to do it. And maybe that's what this guy is like he doesn't feel like he has to do that because he's already like, he's already that voice, you know, like for me, I feel like I have to do that because I don't have the kind of clout that he does. I don't know. It's just a, just something that I've noticed. Um, cause I've, I've been called out on a couple of things before and it's tough, man. If you were to call me out on something, uh, like I said in a video and you're like, no, uh, Tony, you're an idiot because this is this is how you're supposed to do it, not this other way. Unsubscribe. You're you're an a hole for saying this in your video, 
that used to hurt, right? I mean, YouTube comments, I'll, you'll take them for what they, you know, grain of salt. But when when they directly would call me out on something, not just call me a, 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 a you know, a, a D-Wad or something like that, but they would specifically call me out and have proof that I was wrong and they were right. That Then I'm like, okay, maybe I, I didn't do my research. So that's why I, I that's why I at least personally say, okay, I did all the research, but maybe there is uh, some other, some something else without completely overhauling the phone and getting into the code base. Maybe there's something else that you guys know what to do. So, yeah, I feel like I'm rambling, but it just takes it. It just it just uh, this guy. This guy is just one voice, so I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much onus on him. No, and I'm I really am not. It's just a matter of like I don't know. It just got to me having it appear on my feed, and then what? I'm like, okay, maybe it's like an objective video where he's just gonna you know say okay, it it's not for everyone. And for a part of it, it was you know how he was talking about yeah, there's these cheaper phones, and if you like Android and you. You don't necessarily need to spend a thousand dollars. You can get a, a very similar experience on this phone over here. That's awesome, but sure. just the way he like, I don't know the 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 back to back like incorrect experience and then misinforming with the whole like this phone is unlocked but not actually really. I don't know. It just it bugged me. <laughs> Okay, oh, but real quick before we move on, you you didn't even give us like a thirty second re- review of the phone. You just you just kind of went to your rant. But real quick, how awesome is the phone? Oh, dude, I love it so much. The like Good. I said, the uh, the only thing I was ever worried about is getting used to the no home button. Honestly, it's super fluid. Um, you get used to it extremely fast. It it like pulling up the app switcher, pulling up everything is very intuitive. Um, I was actually very surprised. I thought I would have some problems with like, um, a lot of people, especially in like, uh, review videos that I've seen, a lot of people do this thing where they like swipe up on the little home bar thing and like, just hold it there for a minute and then wait for the app switcher to come up. But I've figured out that if you make an L shape with your, like an upside down L with your finger, and just go up and then to the right really fast, it'll instantly pull up the app switcher and you can swap just that much faster. Oh, so there you go. Yeah, I, I've i thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm still waiting to see what happens with the battery life. At first, I was worried about the battery life. Um, yeah. But then but then I realized that um, apparently YouTube was having a huge issue with draining on the iPhone battery lives. Oh, the app? Yeah, the app apparently was doing this, uh, it was like glitched out and draining your battery. Even if the app was just in the background, it was just putting this massive drain on the battery. So this is like day two of the app being updated and not having that issue. And so far, I've the, the battery's been awesome. Uh, yesterday, I got down to 9%. That was probably after about, I'd say, 12 plus hours use. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you not charge your phone in the car when you're going between your um, uh, store locations? Uh, so I carry with me a, a backup battery, uh, the one uh-huh. that we were given at CES. Yeah. Um, 
so I, I plug it in as needed, but I don't necessarily uh, prioritize the car. Got it. Okay. Well, good to know. iPhone 10. Go get one. Uh, while we're kind of on the topic of of you know hearkening back to the last segment of you know the iPhone 10 and, and whatnot, I had mentioned that I was going to get uh, Google Home, but it kind of depended on how much the actual price was because the title said it was 19, but the actual article said it was 29, and essentially it is. 19 because I got $10 uh, coupon uh, being sent to me in the mail. But uh, yeah, so it was 29 in the store, but then I get a Verizon wireless gift card because I got it at Verizon. Um, a Verizon wireless gift card um, of $10. So I got two of them at 30 uh, a piece. So that was 60 minus 20. So it only essentially in the end. It's only costing me about 40 bucks and some change. And I've got to tell you, man, it's pretty awesome to have uh, to have the Google Home. Um, I, I didn't think I would be using it as much as I am now. Now, I, I, I might be in the honeymoon phase where I'm just like using it to use it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just kind of like subtly justifying a $60 purchase to, to, to <laughs> myself and, and my family. But... It is kind of nice to be able to say, hey, Google, play Vivaldi. All right, playing Antonio Vivaldi on Google Play Music. And I know you can do that on Amazon and all the... Hey, Google, stop. I know you can do that on Amazon and all that other stuff. I get it. But the the biggest thing that was beneficial to me was the concept of having an intercom in the house. Remember this? Right. This was awesome last night. So my daughter had finished her homework. I let her watch her phone, uh, but she had to charge her phone, which meant she had to go upstairs to charge her phone by my bed. In our bedroom is the other Google Home. So I was making her dinner while she was upstairs watching her show. I told the Google Home to broadcast, hey, Estrella, come downstairs to eat. And I would say moments later, maybe a minute later, she comes running downstairs in her in her pajamas, and she and she asked me, "How did you have the computer say your name?" Like, like, like it 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 basically repeated what I what I what I had asked it to to say, and you know, very rudimentarily, I, I explained to her it just recorded my voice, but having that kind of one way intercom actually has been really nice because i i am i'm not yelling uh upstairs or downstairs like i would normally have to yeah i've had i think one experience with those like home speaker products uh one of my family members has one of the alexas the the full-sized ones um not the dot the echo there we go the echo not the echo dot but the regular full-sized tin can um and I, they gave me some commands to give it, and I, I, I don't want to say put it through its paces, but I just, you know, tried to find the outer edges of what it could do, and I was pleasantly surprised. One of the best ones that I did is I told it to play some music, and then I told it to put the music at 100% volume, because one, I wanted to see how loud it could get, and then I wanted to see if it could pick me up saying, hey, pause, 
while this 100% volume is going, and it got me. I was I was surprised. Um, the only thing for me, though, is, like, I don't necessarily go around the house listening to music. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a older Surface device in the kitchen that plays Netflix, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. So, um... I don't know if the device is necessarily for me. The only other thing that I could really use it for is I have hue lights in my house. And so I can change all the colors of my house via my phone. Um, But I already have my phone, so I can just say, hey, Siri, change the lights to this, and it'll do it instantly. Right. And I've I've seen you on video do that, and it's it's pretty quick acting um which which is really nice uh and yes google home as well as uh the echo can can do all those those sorts of things i i just started you know looking around at all my electronics that are plugged in uh, and also mainly my my tv because it is it is one of those things like okay now i'm able to come to control certain things in my house i have a light switch that I can control from the Google assistant, um, that before was only able to be controlled via Wi-Fi, but now I can tell Google to turn it on and turn it off all through, all through voice. And it's kind of nice to, to be able to do that. And it just kind of opens up like what other stuff can I control from this hub? But then going back to the privacy implications, I was like, how many of these things do I really want to be connected to the house? You know, like it's it's I I do have a privacy concern with all the cameras and and, you know, especially if there's a if there's one that if we ever were to get like an August lock, like having that be linked into Google or linked into Amazon, that that password may or may not be hashed properly and some somehow somewhere it it gets leaked into some sort of database that someone's able to to extract i mean there's a lot of what ifs when when it comes to this sort of thing which is why i i like the bare bones that i'm doing right now which is really just kind of using it as an alarm clock for when we wake up an intercom system a one-way intercom system at least um and listening to music um, without having to really um, think about, you know, going to the app to open it, to type in the station that you want. You just say what you want and it starts playing it. But yeah, that was that with a few other things for, for the Xbox um, and getting my dad his own Xbox. Th- those were the only Black Friday holes that I took advantage of. And I know you said that you weren't really keen on anything right now because you had pretty much purchased all your gear throughout the year is that was that true or did did you find at least one thing to to, that interest you so i ended up with one black friday item and it's actually a kind of funny story uh my computer mouse has been on the fritz for the last like couple months uh where when you go to click it'll maybe double click for you or triple click or not click at all you never know what you might get um Ooh, yeah. it's like a lottery ticket it's it's a terrible lottery ticket especially when you're playing games it's like occasionally you might fire a couple bullets occasionally you might fire none oh, how wonderful <laughs> yeah it's been it's been awful um so like my gun's jammed 
Like, that's not really. It's my mouse. Yeah. But it's like my gun's jammed. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, <laughs> so the night before Black Friday, uh, my wife had to get on the computer to do some budgeting for the holidays. And when she gets on, she starts using the mouse. And she looks to me and says, I can see why uh, you're kind of bugged by this mouse. I, I'm seeing it now. You're definitely going to... You should be looking forward to this for Christmas. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then about five minutes pass. And she's like, man, this is super annoying. <laughs> you might be getting this as an early Christmas present. <laughs> and then about ten minutes later, she goes, oh my gosh, I'm going to put this mouse through the wall. Quentin, order the new mouse now. This is awful. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, uh, okay, bestbuy.com. You said so. Uh, uh, pick up in store, yes, please. All right, it's it's done. I'll have it tomorrow. She's like, thank you. This mouse is going in the garbage. We're not going to try to rescue this at all. We're going to put it in the garbage. Maybe melt it to make sure no one else has to suffer through this. This is the worst. So now I have a new mouse. So net neutrality is under fire again. And I know you and I have been huge proponents of, in favor of net neutrality, but the uh, leaders in the ivory tower feel like that's no longer a necessity, that competition can still thrive with, without having quote-unquote net neutrality. And uh, I feel like you and I um, also kind of need our – should throw our hats into the ring a little bit. Because we do have a few, you know, a few fair amount of listeners, um, which we do, first off, truly appreciate. Thank you for listening. Uh, but also, you may or may not be aware of what it is and uh, why it's so important to, at least here in the United States, our everyday lives for, for, for people that have access to the Internet. So, Quentin, do you want to take the 30-second elevator pitch as to what net neutrality does and why it's important? So the semi-short version that I explain to people nowadays is from a comment that was on Reddit's best of, and it's an analogy of net neutrality using libraries um, as an example, because a lot of people, especially the older generation, they don't know a whole lot about net neutrality, and it's sometimes a little hard to explain, but I know for a fact that I'd say a good 99% of them have been to a library at least once in their life. So the <laughs> comment goes, so remember that time that you were like, yeah, I'm going to the library. And we all got in the car and we got there. The librarian was super helpful in helping you navigate the Dewey Decimal System. But when you went to check out some books, she started charging you more for certain books, like for no reason other than because she wanted to. And you were like, whoa, dude, this is a library. These books shouldn't be priced differently based on their content. To which she said, tough, nothing's stopping me. You can read these books align. You can read these. Oh, my gosh. You can read these books that align with my ideological and political leanings for $5. Or you can read these books that I authored for free. But these books that I don't want you reading, $20. Sadly, your broke butt didn't have $20, so you didn't get the books you wanted, and you took the books that were offered for free. 
The entire drive home, you were mad that you had to pay more for access to something that you didn't have to before. You then said, why don't we just go to that other library across town? To which I had to remind you, dude, we only have one library that services our area. There is another library, sure, and that library may even have a better selection. But the problem is that you don't live in the right area, so that librarian won't even let you check out books. And even then, there is no guarantee she won't charge you whatever she wants as well. Then you pouted for a bit. Yeah, that sounds... That sounds about right. So having the availability of net neutrality gives pretty much everybody of your race, creed, color, uh, financial, social group, the same opportunity and same ability to get whatever kind of content you want pretty much absolutely for free like like for the like there's no additional paywall like there might be a paywall to like certain websites but um the only thing that you would really have to pay for is just your membership to your isp your internet service provider but without net neutrality essentially what is uh potentially going to happen is that using your analogy libraries or isps will have the freedom to say, hey, um, we realize you want to use video streaming services. And yes, you can use Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime. And you can pay those guys whatever it costs. But since you're not using ours, like Verizon's Go90 or Comcast's Xfinity, because you're not using ours, and by the way, ours is free, but it's only our content, um, we're, we're going to ask, ask you to, uh, either pay more or you're going to get a threshold uh, or we're just going to throttle your speed. What do you want as the customer? Here are your options. And that is not a good option. No, <laughs> Those are terrible options. And, you know, a lot of people are, are looking at this and saying, well, this, this could never happen. Well, the fact is it's actually already happening. Um, in Portugal, for example, uh, uh, ISPs who have no net neutrality whatsoever, they're actually already starting to split packages. So if you want to do any kind of messaging on your uh, device of choice and you use this ISP, um, it's going to cost you uh, a an additional monthly cost of four euros now this is to use free messaging services like whatsapp or skype or line or google hangouts so to use free services because you're using this isp you have to pay them same thing goes with social it's another five uh five euros to use video like youtube or netflix or vimeo it's another five euros so this isn't something that is new to the world but this is definitely something that people are having to deal with. And one might say, well, this, this is actually good because it's kind of like cable. With, with cable, I was able to uh, basically pay uh, – you know, with cable, I, I got everything I, I, uh, under the sun, but I didn't want all of those things. You know, I, I only watched – HBO or CNN and uh, like CBS or something like that, but I'm still paying for all these other channels that I that I never needed. 
now if they're going to have me pay for the exact kind of um, websites that I that I want to use, the, the exact kind of services that I want to use, then I'm literally only paying for what I want to use. Why is that wrong? And the problem is that that doesn't instill competition. That doesn't instill uh, the uh, ability for consumers to really uh, not only uh, get what they want out of content, new companies can't really come up and be a part of the content because they can't pay their way to get into the front row where all these other uh, ISPs are basically giving them the um, the spotlight access. So if I were to create a music company right now and we had no net neutrality, you can pretty much guarantee that if companies like AT&T and Comcast were giving other people free or discounted access to Spotify or Google Play Music, but they weren't going to do that for my service, you can pretty much guarantee that no one's ever going to use my service. Right. So that's kind of that's kind of where we're at right now and it seems like oh they'll figure it out and arguably we've we've been in a time without net neutrality. We we were. Uh but during that time frame was a very different America. During that time frame, Uber wasn't really a thing. Etsy wasn't really a thing. Neither was Pinterest. Neither were all these little social networks that are, you know, starting to kick up some dust and starting to to, to get some movement. Now we're in a in a, a, a time frame where disruption is happening left and right because of the competition, because it's pretty much even keeled. You as the company have to pay for the upkeep of your service, but you don't have to pay AT and T. A, uh, a cost or pay Comcast a cost or pay Verizon something just to make sure people can even go to your website. And we're very closely going to be potentially in, in, in that world. And, you know, Democrats and Republicans, and I hate to make this a political thing, but it really kind of is, um, where Democrats are outbid by, uh, outvoted by Republicans the the Two to three, uh, three to two. So, yeah, man. Uh, have you? I, I guess the reason why I want I want to bring this up was first educating our listeners, but also, I know that you posted something about hey, if you aren't worried about net neutrality, you should be. Has any of your friends or family said you know asked you exactly what it is and uh, why it's why it's such a big deal? Yeah, I've had a couple. Um... I had my wife's sisters kind of ask and inquire about it. Um, I was happy to find out that uh, my wife's parents are on board with net neutrality. Um, I I had this uh, underlying kind of fear that they weren't when um, Comcast first announced their one terabyte data caps, which that's a whole nother conversation for another day. Um, (laughs) And they were like, it, "It's not going to affect me. What? Like, why would I care? It, does, it doesn't. It. It's not going to hurt me at all." And I'm like, "Couple things. One, yes, it will. You have quite a few people in this household. And then two, 
that's not the right attitude. The it doesn't affect me, why should I care attitude is a very, 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 very bad attitude to have. <laughs> I, I can understand why someone might think that it doesn't affect them at a surface level. But the overarching issue is that in the long term, net neutrality can do things like protecting us from online censorship. So, for example, you had mentioned if you go to the library and you check out a book that isn't to the librarian's uh, political agendas or something like that, they can charge you more or not let you check the book out at all. We could be under that as well, too. Actually, AT&T did that way back in 2014 when they tried to block access to Skype. Did you know about that? No, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, so uh, a number of years back because they wanted basically for their customers to use their own – because you know Skype is essentially a VoIP service and AT&T is a company that does what? They sell telecommunication services. So they they didn't want to promote a – or not just promote, but they didn't want to allow a third-party competitor just to work freely through their lines – so they tried to block it. Um, obviously, that did not happen because Skype is still alive and kicking um, with all of its faults. <laughs> but but th- this is definitely something that could come about that AT&T could say, yeah, not only do we not want to use Skype anymore, uh, we have a video service. Why are you using Netflix and, uh, and, uh, and Hulu? So if you want to use them, you have to pay extra. So it's something like, when uh, FaceTime was first introduced for iPhone um, and AT&T was like, oh, you've got to pay extra to have this feature when it's not necessarily a feature of like their services. It's a feature of the phone. Right. Oh, that was so annoying. And, yeah. And, and for the fact that other companies um, like uh, Voodoo and... Uh, uh, Vonage also had kind of uh, video calling capabilities on the iPhone at that time, but they weren't they weren't being blocked. Just just this particular feature was. It, it, it seemed like AT and T was kind of trying to get after Apple for a second, which was weird because at the time they were their only partners. <laughs> so it's like, wait, what? <laughs> Hold on here. Yeah, I've never quite understood all of that. Yeah. So all that, all that rigmarole, all that BS could potentially happen again. Now, it's funny, Comcast put out a tweet or some sort of statement a couple of days ago basically saying, hey, we've heard all of your feedback and we realize that you think that we're going to do all these bad things. We're not. You think that we're going to you know, create fast lanes and slow lanes. We're not. They're basically trying to address all of the things that we are worried about and being one of the biggest ISPs in the United States, they're trying to call that by saying, by addressing them directly and saying, we're not going to do that. The problem I have with that is I can finish that sentence with, we're not going to do that right now. Or <laughs> we're not going to do that, but we can do that. You know, my dad actually brought up a good point. Like, well, that's under the current Comcast board of directors and leadership. Maybe two years from now, they change leaderships and the new CEO 
has a completely different idea as to what they should do with having fast lanes and slow lanes and throttling and, and, and data caps and things like that and put them all on <laughs> for 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 one reason or another. They could totally do that. Yeah, and the sad thing is is due to the fact of like some people only have Comcast as an option or, you know, doesn't have to be just Comcast, but like they only have one ISP as an option for their area it's it it this can't be a thing because there isn't any competition when there's only one option <laughs> yeah we have uh arguably we have three options and the other two options are complete crap so i have to use comcast and arguably uh comcast is in terms of speeds and everything it is it is definitely one of the best um isps out here they're just they're just a bunch of you know one of the I hate worst to make companies. it sound personal. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I I hate to make it sound personal, but they're just a bunch of crooks because you know the they know they got you kind of tied down. They know you can't go anywhere else. I cannot call them and say, "Hey, I'm switching to AT and T because this, that, and the other reason." They're gonna come right back and say, "Are you serious? You're going back to AT and T for DSL speeds?" I mean, we can look at the AT and T offerings in your area. We're not stupid. We know what you're trying to do. You, you you know, so I, I, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. The only other thing I could do potentially is, um, is move, but that just logistically speaking is not a possibility at this moment. Right. And an expensive option. Yeah. Just for cheaper or better competition of internet, internet service providers. That's insane. But I guess our, the whole point of us bringing all this kind of stuff up is, be aware and be scared because like like th- this is something that's going to be voted on on December um December 14th and it is coming up very very soon um yeah it's it's just one of those things that i i think everyone that's listening and everyone that has access to the internet here in the United States if you love the freedom of the internet the ability to click on that incognito button and look at those websites you're not supposed to be looking at that might go away okay just saying it i'm not saying that you guys do this but you know someone who does and that ability (laughs) might cost you yeah i know right (laughs) so i think that's uh i think that's pretty much it for for right now guys we we went on a little bit long but i think both quentin and i felt like this was a topic that needed to be touched on um definitely yeah if you guys have anything else that you want us to to discuss or if you want to send us any kind of comments please hit us up on the following socials quentin where can people stalk you <laughs> probably on xbox with my gamer tag firewall Ooh, and a really cool way to spell that will be found in the description below. As for me, you can find me on Xbox Live Hannity's or on Twitter, Lazy Tech Tony. If you uh, uh, want to check out on how I do reviews, because I mentioned I do reviews, so you can compare it to that of Lou at Unbox Therapy, uh, where I put myself under the microscope even when I screw things up. Um, Lazy Tech TV on YouTube. Let me know how I do. Uh, That's going to be it, guys. Thanks a lot for watching. Have a good night. Bye, guys.